Welcome to Happy Inside, it's Michelle here, bringing you nine years of clinical experience in gut-focused therapy and embodied psychotherapy. We're talking about the behavioral and psychological aspects of illness, gut disorders, chronic conditions, chronic stress and anxiety. All those conversations you've been waiting to have are happening here. Hi, how are you feeling? Are you okay? What do you want to tell me about? I'm here to listen. I love listening. I want to know what it is you're struggling with. Don't carry that burden on your own. Let me know so that I might hear you and see you and even possibly provide some solutions or some direction or some hope all of the above that's what I'm here to do definitely and I want to give some hope today for everybody who is struggling with their relationship with food because I know if you've got a gut disorder or gut symptoms of some sort then Food is definitely on your mind a fair amount. I'm aware that you're afraid of food, that it scares the bejesus out of you. You don't know what to eat, yet you're constantly focused on food, um, either on a really restricted diet and eating the same things over and over and maybe not even feeling that much better or you're changing from one dietary regime to another, um, all the while hypervigilant about your symptoms and you, maybe you even keep a symptom diary and you're double-checking in on how it's making me feel and, you know, I've, it's lunchtime on Tuesday and I've ended up with symptoms now so I better backtrack and find out like, what did I eat for a snack or breakfast or what did I eat last night or for yesterday's lunch. I get it. <laughs> I went through it once upon a time and boy, does it take up a lot of time and energy in your life. And I know that you don't have that time and energy to give and you'd much prefer to be giving that time and energy to something else anyway. So I've got a different perspective for you um, to look at food, to relate to food differently than you are right now or you have been in the past, a perspective and relationship with food that's less anxiety-producing and one that is definitely not going to exacerbate your symptoms through stress and anxiety. This is the, the most crucial and important point here. When you soften the anxiety then your symptoms will soften. Then your body will stop being so reactive to food. Let's go over that again. When you soften the anxiety or stress, 
then the symptoms will soften and your body will stop being so reactive to food. One of the worst things that you can do in relationship to food is be hypervigilant about your food and diet and gut symptoms because the hypervigilance um, in this situation anyway with gut symptoms and gut disorders is often stress-producing. It is anxiety-based hypervigilance and whenever we have anxiety, we're going to present with more symptoms. So as we talked about just a few seconds ago, we need to soften the anxiety, softening down the anxiety and those symptoms will soften and your body will stop being so reactive to food. And it happens in that order as well. So the reactivity is the last one to slow down. So we have to have some patience and some consistency along the way in softening down that anxiety. So hypervigilance about food, I want to make a note here. No food diaries, please. Um, If we are working together, we're not going to be using food diaries or talking about food diaries. And the reason why is we're going to be um, facilitating, building, growing a relationship with food that is based on instinct and intuition. Uh, It's an internal process. It's not something um, that is external. It's about feeling into what it is your body wants, what it feels like, what it reacts to, what it, you know, when you pick up a particular food, how does it react? Does it say, no, I don't feel like that? Or does it want more of that? You know, when you go to the grocery store, does it reach out for some apples? Um, you know, does it reach out for some sweet potato or some broccoli? Um, you know, notice what the body's doing. Does it kind of walk past the dairy aisle and you know, doesn't feel that great? Um, listening to that body. And we'll talk about that more uh, later on. Now, I want to make a little note here because most people who uh, come to see me for support have come via a dietitian or a nutritionist or some kind of dietary intervention. So I want to be sure that it's understood by both you and other people that are listening, whether you're a practitioner or a client or a patient, that there is a lot of merit in eating a healthy diet that is right for your body. Because remember, there's no one-size-fits-all diet. Um, Someone's body is going to be better at being vegan. Someone else's body is going to go better on a paleo diet that tends to be more protein-heavy. Someone else's body is going to be better at fasting. Someone else's body is going to be better at eating six times a day, um, you know, compared to someone that might eat three times a day. And again, it's about knowing your own body and a really skilled practitioner 
um, building enough knowledge about your body and working with you enough that they understand what it is that your body needs and what it responds to. So whenever you're working with any practitioner of any kind, never hand over full agency to that practitioner. Most agency must be within you, be held within you and maintained within you. Never hand all that power over to somebody else. It's so important that you are always empowered, that you're the one that's getting a sense of what feels right for you. You're the one making the decision at the end of the day about what's right in your body, whether you're going to take that information on, whether you're going to apply that information or that strategy or that skill or that diet or whatever it might be. It's up to you to do that. And we get into a really precarious and dangerous position when we don't do that because suddenly we're pulled from this direction to that direction and we're all over the shop and we've lost our own instinct and intuition about what it is that we need. So while I'm happy for you to have come via a practitioner that is supporting you uh, with your dietary choices, I'm always going to support you to be listening to your own body at the same time. So it's great to go to experts and to have people that have done the training, that have the insight and that can see us in a different way to provide us with information that may be more effective for us. That is really, really valuable. Um, So shout out to all the practitioners that I work with, um, everybody that refers to me that I might refer back to. Um, You know, I... If I refer to you, if I refer back to you, then you know that I trust that you are working with our client in a holistic way, that you're really taking into consideration that client as a whole person, as a whole being, as somebody who has emotional and psychological needs along with their biological or physiological needs. So thank you for being one of those many skilled practitioners who is out there providing the very best they can for people who are struggling with gut disorders or illness of any kind. Now I want to go back to the original main point of this episode, which is when you soften the anxiety... The symptoms will soften and your body will stop being so reactive to food. The reason this is the case is based on the central nervous system. So stress and anxiety, which we all have way too much of, is a huge driver in gut symptoms, in chronic illness, in autoimmune disease, Um, stress and anxiety, what it does is it creates an incredible amount of dysregulation in our nervous system. There are parts of our brain, parts of our nervous system that are switched on all the time that shouldn't be. 
There's hormones pumping and racing around our body that shouldn't be all the time. And those processes are designed to affect our digestive tract either via emptying them swiftly, so providing symptoms of diarrhea and nausea, uh, or just shutting everything down and holding on to it. And if that's the case, you'll end up with um, constipation predominant symptoms. And that hypervigilance around food and about diet and about your gut symptoms. So when your brain, your mind is switched on all the time, even whether you're aware of it or not, if it's go, go, go all the time, constantly looking for signs of danger, signs of threat for symptoms, am I going to get worse? Is this symptom you know, um, going to stay like this? Is it going to get worse during the day? Oh, I had this for breakfast. Am I going to react to that shortly? Um, these are all kind of hypervigilant processes of the mind that are stress and anxiety producing. And so they, of course, have an impact on your nervous system and that has an impact on your digestive system. The same goes for over-reviewing food and symptoms and this is this is where you backtrack this is where you end up with some symptoms late in the afternoon and so you start looking backwards what did i have for lunch what activity did i do what did i have for breakfast what did i have the night before what which food did i eat that i haven't eaten for a while did i add something new in was there dressing on that salad that i didn't know about so all this backtracking is happening and again it's creating anxiety and stress or it is an anxiety behavior and therefore it's um, got your nervous system in high alert and that's affecting your gut. All of these are anxiety behaviors. Anxiety behaviors, what they do is they decrease, so it starts with anxiety, right? So you're experiencing anxiety and you apply a behavior such as uh, hypervigilance about that food or your symptoms or reviewing those foods or symptoms or over-relating symptoms to food. We'll go back and talk about that in a minute. And applying those anxiety behaviors slightly reduces your anxiety, but only momentarily. But because it's momentarily, it doesn't matter to you, it still feels good. So you repeat that behavior. You just keep doing it over and over. However, the long-term problem with that is that it is still an anxiety behavior. And any anxiety behavior, guess what? It activates that nervous system and it exacerbates any symptoms that you already have in your body. And that can be gut symptoms. It can be pain. It can be flare-ups. It can be anything that's there. Uh, but it will exacerbate those symptoms. And we don't want that for you. We want the opposite. We want to be reducing and softening down those symptoms as much as possible and really essentially eliminating those symptoms altogether. And that can happen. Sometimes people ask me that, is it possible? Can I eliminate my symptoms? Yep, you absolutely can. I've seen people do it over nine years. Uh, it definitely can happen. Uh, part of it is your commitment, uh, part of it is learning the skills, part of it is applying those skills 
and being committed to doing that. A lot of it is about self-awareness. And so it's about seeking the right support so that you can get all of those working together because it is a tough slog out there to figure this out on your own. I get it. That's why I'm here. That's why the podcast is here. That's why the iPhone app is here. That's why you can work with me um, in individual sessions online. I'm available because it is a hard slog out there. Don't feel like you need to do it on your own. You and I can workshop what it is for you specifically that you're struggling with because this subject uh, might spark your interest today. It may be something that's relatable to you. But then within this, you'll have your very own behaviors and your very own reasonings for behaving and relating to food in a certain way. So it's our job to unpack that, to understand it, to bring awareness to it, and then to be resolving that for you. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm thinking that you have probably been on some form of a diet a dietary regime to help manage your symptoms. And you've either done that diet on your own uh, through an app, through a website, or you've engaged a professional to help you with that diet. And I'm also guessing that if you're listening to this podcast that your symptoms haven't completely resolved. Otherwise, you'd be well on your way and this wouldn't be a subject that would uh, relate to you anymore. So we have to ask ourselves, why is it then that you've tried many types of diets and you're still presenting with gut symptoms? Let me ask you, how are your stress levels? How is the anxiety? Where is your mind all the time? Do you have the capacity to slow down? Do you have the capacity or even ability to be still? The reason I ask those questions is usually the answer is no. I can't. I don't want to. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. I'm too anxious. Um, I've got too much to do. Um, it's too painful for me, I'm too aware of my symptoms or I get more anxious, you know, or I can't meditate or I can't do yoga. Yeah, these are all forms of no, I can't. <laughs> um, and so we start to get a picture that you have a pronounced level of stress or anxiety in your life and that level of stress and anxiety is probably a main key factor. Is that, can you say those two words together, main and key? (laughs) Anyway, that's just me pushing the point about how big it is. Um, It is probably a really big slice of the pie as to why your gut symptoms are here and why they're not resolving despite all your efforts. You're a whole person and you need to be treated as such. 
you are not just a gastrointestinal tract. There is so much more to you than that. And the gut does more than just digest food. We are learning about that more and more. And I'm not the person to tell you about it. Uh, I don't do the scientifics, um, but I can tell you that a colleague of mine is fantastic at that information. You can jump onto her website, bellalindeman.com, and she has incredible information. This is her niche. Um, So if you want more kind of scientific information and research, etc., then you jump over and see her and I'll look after all the concepts and ideas and emotional and psychological and behavioral aspects of the symptoms that you're experiencing. We'll do that right here. So a whole person includes all of those factors, your physical body, as well as your emotional self, your psychological self, so your thought processes. These are important to all bring together because you're a whole package. They don't live separately from each other. You can't shut one off from the other, you know, as you're moving through. It is optimal if you're working with somebody and working in a way where those three are brought together. So if you are already on or if you are embarking on a new dietary regime that is designed to bring you optimal health and well-being, then that diet or how that diet is prescribed to you or how you apply that diet in your life mustn't cause you any further unnecessary anxiety. This is really important. If restricting yourself even more is causing you to contract, you know, it's closing in your whole body, if it just really doesn't sit well with you, then listen to that. It's probably your body's way of saying no, of saying actually we need more. We need to open this up into a different way. Um, If the diet has so much kind of regiment to it, that it is creating stress or anxiety in your life, then that's not quite the right one for you or the way that um, that you are applying it in your life is not quite right for you. Where can you soften around that particular one? Now, sometimes, you know, there is as part of protocols then we need to um, change our diet for a short period of time, for a few weeks maybe, um, and that that's doable, right? We can expect, okay, you know, that's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a bit inconvenient. Um, it may be affecting my social life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm talking about something that's longer term. You know, if you're looking at months and even longer than that, then you definitely don't want to be creating any more anxiety or stress in your life. So how do we kind of, how do we not do that? I've been saying a lot of don't do this and don't do that. So what do we do? What we do is we come back to our own body. We come back to ourselves. And this is probably something that you've lost. It's something that is very easily lost, that I see that is lost all the time. And either it was never had, uh, you know what, people have it at some point in time, but 
what I've observed is that the more you seek outwards, the more it gets lost, your own instinct and intuition and capacity to listen to what your body needs. So you lose it within you first and then you kind of follow this diet and then that one and when it's not right for you or it's not working for you. And this is where your anxiety kind of skyrockets again because you're trying so hard yet you're not getting anywhere or you're not getting the results that you thought you would. Maybe you've only got a 20% improvement but you've been giving it 100%. So you feel down about yourself again and down about the situation and like it's never going to end and then you blame your own body, you get angry with it and you feel disappointed and you hate it because there's something wrong with it. And suddenly it's separate from you. <laughs> it's this organ that's not working and it's not fair and you don't want it anymore. And you'll never get better and it's all doomed. It's a terrible place to be and, you know, you're feeling like that within yourself, then it's really hard to keep up a, a good dietary regime and it's really hard to not be stressed and anxious and, and of course, more anxiety and stress is only going to exacerbate those symptoms that you have. So... It's this terrible loop that you can get stuck in, which leaves you feeling hopeless, but you're desperate. So you reach out to the next person or the next practitioner or the next Google page um, for something else that might work because you're desperate to overcome these symptoms. But what you've forgotten or you haven't even been taught in the first place is to stop and listen to what's happening inside you. As your body innately knows what it can tolerate and what it can't. It's just that you don't know how to really listen to it and to hear those cues that are so, so clear. But that's what my eyes and ears and heart are for, to do that initial listening for you and then to teach you how to listen. And when you have the capacity to listen to your own body, it's empowering. You stand strong and firm and steady in yourself. There's this magic that happens in the listening. It's, it's incredible to watch and observe and to hear clients report on. When you come into your own body, when you have the capacity to hear what your body wants you to hear, the cues that it's giving you to pause and listen to it, when you finally hear that anxiety just drops away on its own. It's magical. Clients say to me, oh, I just feel so calm. And I ask them, when was the last time you felt this way? And I ask you, when was the last time you felt really peaceful and calm in yourself? There's another way. And this way is much easier on you. It's softer, it's calmer, it's more peaceful. Much less anxiety, much fewer or even no symptoms. Sounds good, huh? 
Hey, it's me again. Thank you so much for taking the time today to foster a happy inside for yourself. There's a few other ways that you can engage, you can get in contact. Uh, I'll be quick. There's the ratings and reviews for both the podcast that you're listening to now and the Happy Inside iPhone app. You can also jump on to the website, happyinside.com.au, sign up for the newsletter, see the links for Facebook and Instagram pages, and also book one-on-one consultations with me, which are exclusively online across the world. I'm right here for you.